about commitment, we, we need to realize is that we live in a world that is about self. Now, I'm going to read a scripture in Timothy, and it talks about in the last days, this is what happens. And it's all about pleasing myself. It's about me. And the last days was started when Jesus was raised from the dead and went to heaven, and it will end at his return. But as the last days continue, it gets worse, worse, and worse, and worse. And we live in an environment that says, does it make you feel good? Please yourself. Go to that thing that, you, that, that, that gives you comfort. And that's not what the Bible says. The scripture tells us over and over that success comes from making commitments. Commitment does not mean love. Now, you end up loving things that you commit to. And you can love something and make a commitment that will help in the future to stay in love with it. See, people get married. Don't you love it when young people come in and they're so in love? They're like, they're not, they don't walk, they float. They gaze at each other's eyes. You know, and it doesn't matter what you say. You know, he killed, he killed three people yesterday, but he loves me. <laughs> they say love is blind. Love's not blind. Love's stupid. It's just, but people are going, you know, why did you get married? I love him so much. He loves me so much. So why do you want to get married? Love ain't going to get you through it. You fell in love, fall out of love. What happens is that when you're in love, you need to make a decision to commit to that person. See, when you get married, they say, <laughs> oh, I said, Lord. yes, I, <clears throat> for better or for worse, in sickness and health. What? That don't work out very often. Because guess what? When troubles come, earthquakes come, and I mean, I love marriage. I've been married for 46 years. Um, but I understood what love was. When I asked Crystal to marry, and I was very analytical. It was very serious in my German sports car. <clears throat> That's a, a baby blue Volkswagen bug, 1968. <clears throat> but to me, it was my German sports car. Was it made in Germany? Yes, thank you. I know this. The girls are going to go. That sounds anticlimactic. But I, I told Crystal. I said, Crystal, because she was dating a guy. We weren't dating. Um, <laughs> she was actually was promised to this guy, and he wasn't a believer. But nice guy. His father was my family's physician. He was on the golf team. Wealthy. Me. My dad was in the navy. Um, not wealthy. <laughs> um, so. Okay, we were poor. <laughs> My mother was in the Navy too. <laughs> so I looked at her and I said, I've, I've, I've thought about this because this guy's name was Gus and he was, 
he was going to be an accountant. His dad was our doctor. And so I said, Crystal, I've thought about this. I love you. And because of that, I've considered, I've thought about, is there anyone in this world that I know of that will love you longer or better than me? It's taken me some weeks. And I said, I am convinced no one will. I'm that person. I want to marry you, not so that you can love me, but I want to marry you so I can love you. It's not about me. Love is about her. If I could find someone that was would would love her better than me, I said, you'll never see me again because that's what love does. I want the best for you. And I want to commit to it. That's what commitment is. We lost two children. I was committed. You have rough times. She was committed. Get this whole marriage thing. And for those, those of you who have gone through divorce, I want you to, the Bible gives parameters for divorce. It says it's horrible, but you know there's reasons for, for divorce, and we're going to talk about some of that, about commitment. But you have a person. They're a sinner saved by grace, and they're going to sin. They're not perfect. And you have this other person who's a sinner, saved by grace. They're not a perfect person, and they're going to sin. And they look at each other going, I'm going to love you, and we're going to do it all right the entire time we're together. Who thinks that's going to happen? Not a chance. You're not going to get out the door tonight without making her upset or him upset or doing something wrong. It's about commitment because I'm going to do something, I'm going to say something stupid, Many times, and you're not going to feel like you love me, but you get married because of love? No, I can love something, but it's not dynamic until I commit to it. And we have a whole book in the Old Testament called Jonah. And, and God, through the story of Jonah, which we don't have time to deal with, but, but the whole book is about Jonah saying, oh, I'm sorry this vine died. Oh, I'm, I'm so sad because this happened. I'm so, and God said, he goes, you're not sad. Did you do anything to make that, that vine grow? No. Did you water it? No. Did you fertilize it? No. He goes, the people that you want to curse and destroy, I brought them. I gave them. I provide for them. I can say I love them. That's what love is. The labor of love. Thank you. Thank you. I hope I'm right. Love. All right. When you have children, you take it home, it's cost you a lot of money already. It poops on you. It pees on you. It throws up on you. It keeps you up at night. And yet, in the morning, how do you feel about that thing? You love it. It's a labor of love. And you're committed to it. As bad as they're going to be when they're in their teenage years, you love it. 
You don't agree with it, but you can love them. But it's a commitment that the Bible tells us that makes things dynamic. Let's quick, let's take a look at, and, and you, I have to just make, squash down all the verses that mention commitment in the Bible. It says, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. Your, your goals, you will reach that thing that you want to do if you commit it to the Lord. If you commit yourself to the Lord. No matter what happens, no matter what someone says about me, no matter if I go bankrupt, I'm committed to this work. I commit it to the Lord, and I'm going to stick with it. Co commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him, and He will act. He may not act the way you want Him to act, but He's going to act. He's there. There's been times in my life where I say, like, I don't, I, oh God, are you there? You know, I pray, and I really don't feel this, oh, I don't hear the angels singing. I don't feel the... Th the brush of angels' wings by my face. You know, I was going to go, God, are you there? I said, correct me just so that I know you're there. I'll, I mean, a correction is, well, at least he knows I'm alive. You know, if he was to correct me with something, I'm going, that's better than being ignored. <clears throat> Acts, and they devoted, that's commitment. They committed themselves to the apostles' teaching. When you commit something, it's not like, oh, it's not just all the Jesus loves you verses. It's things that he's asking us to do. They're called commandments, not suggestions. He goes, they committed, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. I'm amazed at how people don't know how to be friends. What, what did they do here? Said they went. They went from house to house breaking bread. Who cooked the bread? Who cleaned up the room? Who set out the chairs? Somebody made a commitment for this event to happen. It was a commitment. It just seemed like, you know, la di da. -di. Hey, there's a door. Let me walk through it and have bread with someone. Someone had to send out announcements. We're meeting at this time. I'll have it ready. It was because of a commitment. Anything that's going to be dynamic and successful starts with a commitment. And that's what the Bible says. Our life is defined by commitments that you make, not people that you love. If that's true, my, my grandmother on my mother's side was married five times. Was she defined on how many times that she loved somebody? No, she was defined as like, Ooh, don't get in the way of her. You know? <laughs> You're defined by commitments that you keep. That you keep. That's who you are. Not things that you attempted to do. What? what? defines you as your commitments. Well, let me, let, let's take a look at this. It says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. That's commitment. Working as for the Lord and not for men. Too often we, we work for a paycheck. That's it. You just work for a paycheck. 
the scripture says, no, you go to that work as if you're working for the Lord. As if you're working for the Lord. Not just as you're working for a paycheck. But I want to be so good at what I do regardless what it is. It does not matter what it is. I want to be the best I can be at this job. Because one of the gifts, one of the spiritual gifts in the Old Testament, there's two. The one that I want to mention is the ability to work with your hands for the benefit of others. That gives God glory. If they know I'm a believer and I, and I work with that efficiency, with that in mind, that what I'm doing, I'm good at it and you're going to benefit. And at the end of the week, you're going to benefit me. It's not this Dan Newland thing. Uh, I got run over by a truck and Dan Newland got me $760 billion. You know, I got all I had to do is just get run over and live. You know, it, that's the mentality. If I just get the right job, I'll be wealthy. If I just get the right job, you know, I'll be. You're just working for a paycheck, but this makes this is be committed to whatever you're doing. Move in in a spirit of excellence. You're going to answer for this. I, I've told my older grandkids, Kale. I said, Kale, it doesn't take much to be number one. I don't care if you're working, you know, at the 7-Eleven or the hospital or whatever. So just make the boss think you like him and you like being here. That's it. So I, I always told Jared, when Jared was that age, I said, Jared, whoever you work for, call him Mr. or Mrs. I go, and the first thing I do, went, hey, Mr.'s my father. And he goes, that's fine, but that's how I was raised, and you deserve honor. Everywhere Jared went, he excelled. He wasn't even the best one there. But the boss believed he liked being there. What he might become. Don't, you just don't work for a paycheck. You work using the gift that God has given you. And it reflects on him. Let's take a look at, <clears throat> this is the last days. In the last days, tell me if it sounds like there's any commitment to someone else here other than themselves. In the last days, there will come times of difficulty. Anybody having difficulty? You're not going to raise your hand, are you? Okay, thank you, thank you. First service, no one raised their hand. They're all perfect. They floated in here on a cloud. Um, the Bible tells us there's going to be times that are difficult. And here it says there's going to be difficult times. Guess what? Welcome to the Bible. For people will be lovers of self. They're committed to themselves. Lovers of money. They're committed to themselves. Proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents. They love themselves. Ungrateful, unholy, heartless. They're not caring about anybody or anything. You know, this is what an antagonist does. To make them get feel better about themselves, they don't do better. They don't be their best self. They tear down the person who's in front of them. That's heartless. That's unholy. So if I make this, if I convince everybody at work or at school that this person stinks, 
It's going to make me more important. You, listen, you're here, they're here, and your, your goal is to make them here. Now, here's your goal. Do your best, commit, and become this person. Wow. I'm, I'm looking at that. I don't see any of them. Unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. You know, it, it doesn't mean you can't have pleasure with God, but to be a lover of God means you make a commitment. And sometimes it's not pleasurable. Sometimes you stand alone on your commitment. Sometimes you don't hear or feel God in your commitment. Sometimes you don't feel the body behind you. Sometimes you stand alone, and that's called a commitment. You're defined by it. Wow. Well, the easiest thing is... is let's just go to the definition of commitment. Commitment, the act of... Binding yourself intellectually or emotionally to a person or course of action. Intellectually or emotional. And the, and the deal that if it is an emotional thing, commitment is what keeps that thing in love. It's a labor of love. But it starts with a commitment. You commit to it and you find that many times it commits back to you. This is called the law of uh, the practice of reciprocity, the practice of exchanging things with others for mutual benefit. Cast your bread upon the water and it returns. Commit unto the Lord. You know, I've never heard anyone tell me that they've outgiven God. People who've really committed and they've given themselves and they've committed themselves to God in, in different areas of their life. None of, no one has ever said that to me that I believe that was even a believer. Relationship, friendship, work, farming, the Bible tells, I'm, I'm a farmer. The Bible tells me that I have to, besides taking my tomatoes and my beans and my corn from the ground, I have to return to that ground. I have to put lime in it. I have to put acid in it. I have to let it rest. There's a, the, 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 the truth of reciprocity is true in everything in this world that's successful. What I take from, I'm going to have to give something back to it. And it's a relationship in your marriage, in where you work. What you take from it, the other side has to be receiving something that you've given to it. You know, it says, you know, give and it will be, give. You go through the scriptures. If the scriptures are based on reciprocity. There is only one thing that is not, and, and, and that is your salvation. That, that's it. God said, I so love the world that I'm going to commit my son 
to this death. That was a commitment. Oh, I said commitment instead of love, right? What happens when he, if he didn't love me? When he says he loves you, he's committed to love you. Other than that, everything rests on reciprocity. You give and you give and you give, and then there's one day where one person gives out because they they have given and given. I've got nothing else to give because you know what keeps them from, keeps them giving is that this person is giving back. Maybe something different from what you give because there's a different talent, different personality. But there needs to be a giving and a taking. A giving and a taking. And a giving. When it's only giving, 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 one day that person gives out. And that is so often, that's what's so difficult about marriage is that too often that's one person giving and one person taking, never returning. And it says that person's going to give out. It's going to give out. The practice of exchanging things with others for mutual benefit. I don't want to get it anywhere. Let me tell you, I'm telling on myself. I'm telling on my kind as a pastor, as someone who has started churches. There are people who come to me going, Pastor Mark, I just feel led. The fact that God spoke to me about going into the ministry, starting the church. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not a very good actor. That's good, good for you. And I try to warn them. You know, it's, there's reasons why churches fail. You know, they're not preaching the cross, wrong people, wrong, you know, I mean, it's a bunch. But one of the major ones is that the people who feel called do not commit to see it through. Only 5% of people who go into the ministry retire in the ministry. You're supposed to go, oh, thank you, thank you. 5%, 5%. That's it. God may have told them, but they didn't make the commitment when that person comes up and says, I hate you. You're a liar. That's not the scriptures. You're, I'm going to leave. Your family's going to leave. You start a church and there's family that leaves. I'm going to quit. I didn't sign up for that. Then the Bible says that they're going to persecute you. They're going to do all the things that have been said. You committed before you read the book. Wow. You're defined by your commitments. Now, I can say that boldly. I think I'm going to make it. I'm 68. We have an, a lead pastor here now. Besides, I'm no longer that guy. So all your complaints, address them to Pastor Peter Brunton. <laughs> yes. Hey, I'm the lead pastor. Yeah, turn around and let them start whipping on your back. <laughs> I've, for 30 years, I took young adults, youth, to the mountains to rock climb, cave explore, whitewater rafting, and, and just being just dirty, grub, grubby, and hungry for a week. And there are some people who are just should never have gone on that trip. 
They don't do well in a cave this big where you're squeezing through or have to go underwater to get to the other side. It's kind of scary. Or climbing 100 feet or rappelling 100 feet. But besides that, I would come across some people who wouldn't even join into the games. They could not commit to being a part of the group. They could not commit about the, the, the spiritual journey I wanted to take them on. And in talking with them, because they're captive for a week with me, this is what I found, that, and it, it happens in your childhood, is that there's, <clears throat> there, there's a sense of abandonment that that person will have. That in their childhood, they felt left behind. They felt that they didn't know what was going on and a fear come on them, if it's true or not. And second is emotional uncertainty, that they, they don't want to fail. I would, I would go to school, but I, I'm a, I may fail. If you don't know for certain the outcome, I'm not going to sign up for it. I'm not going to commit to that. And that's why so many people don't get married. It's because they're going, what if it doesn't work out? My parents divorced. My grandparents divorced. My sister divorced. I, I need to know the outcome before I can commit. There's uncertainty. I don't want to take this job. It's very demanding. Well, then take it, get a good paycheck for a month, and get fired. This, I, I don't, this feel. And it's, it's usually something that happened in their development stage of a child. Issues with anxiety, this is really... The emotions of a child. A, a child has to know the rules. And when you grow up in a house, that the rules are you talk back one time and you're going to your room. Or my day, you'll get a, a joining of my hand to your bottom. We didn't hit, but we would clap that way a lot. <laughs> Do you spank your children? No, I clap them. Yeah, we just... We have a meeting of flesh right there. Makes a clapping noise. And then the next time they speak up and they don't get disciplined, they speak up and they don't get disciplined, and they do something wrong, they don't get disciplined. They could go five times and not get disciplined. The boundaries changed. And they're going, hey, you know, kids, no, I'm not going to let that slip. And the next time, the first time they do it, we clap. Uncertain. Where are the lines? What are the rules? You keep changing the rules on me. Produces issues of anxiety. And these three are the biggie. It creates us to be people who cannot commit. Uncertain. I don't know the I don't, I don't know how it's gonna turn out. Because it's commitment that gets you, gives you that. Inner, I'm going to make it no matter what. I'm going to do it, you know, and if it beats me to death, it beats me to death. If, if I can't make it, if I get fired, I get fired. But not without a, my best effort. All greatness has ever happened has been people who have made a commitment to such. They've made a commitment. The first, the three things you need to know that you make this type of commitment is first to God. 
He made you. He loves you. He's made a provision for you to be with him in heaven. And if you don't want to be with him in heaven, as sad as that is, if you reject him your entire life, he says, I'll honor that. You won't be with me in heaven. How unloving would a God be if you did not want to be in his presence in this life, and yet against your will you die, and he takes you to heaven no matter what? He gives you what you want, even though he says this is the wrong decision. This is what you wanted. We honor God. Some of the people in the go teams, they're honoring God. They get here early to make coffee. They don't hear angels you know, like patting them on the back as they're making coffee before you get here or teaching our children. Wow. They're committed. God's called you to commit. First is God. Second is your family. This is who God has put you together with. You make a commitment to that son who's rejecting you. Do you agree with him? Do you support his wrong habits? No. But you love him. And you let him know you love him. You let him know you love him. I'm committed. I'm your father. I don't agree with you. But that doesn't keep me from being committed I want to love you, and I do. And the last is your community, the church. You make commitments to your community. And remember, all of these, they're supposed to be reciprocity. Reciprocity. I give, they give. I give, they give. Or else you end up giving out. There's a small group questions, but uh, for those of you who want to take a picture of that, you do. If I go back to here, this has to. This is in your emotions. Some of these things. If if you're here and you recognize, you know what, that kind of sounds like me. It's kind of like some of the things that's happened to me. It's one thing that, that fixes that, and that is, you need to be healed. You need to be healed from that sense of abandonment, that anxiety. We can't go back to where you, when you were six. You felt like you. You never had a word. You, you, no one heard you. No one paid any attention to you. I had no guarantees of what was going to happen at the end of the day. I was always just, I just cry. My Crystal, my wife, I mean, she had seven siblings. But whenever her parents would leave the house, she would just sit in the window and cry. She didn't know why. Just cry. These are so deep in our emotions. They keep us from making commitments to other people, to marriage, to jobs, to pursuing great careers. This whole thing about reciprocity, to have it sink in. You know, the Bible says to be a friend, to have a friend, you have to be a friend. You have to open up your house. You have to invite someone for coffee. You have to offer prayer. Conversation. I don't have any friends. You're not a friend. You want to be in this relationship to take, 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 take. You need to be healed. You need to come 
So you're th the truth of the matter and be healed and ask for it. So let's stand. I'm going to pray for that. I want to pray for the healing that many of us have suffered growing up that's created this fear. So Father, I just want to speak to those people, that spirit that has come upon them, that's created this. I've got to, I got to have this. I've got to have the money. I've got to have the position. Father, it's out of fear, it's out of anxiety, it's out of not being heard or appreciated. And I ask for your healing of their spirit, this wound in Jesus' name. Be healed. Be healed. Receive the healing touch of the Lord. That wound that's been placed inside of you that keeps you from making commitments that keeps you from, from moving ahead and being successful in things because you don't know the outcome. Lord, we trust in you. I said, those who commit to you, you will act on their behalf. We receive it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, yay.